Transformation, identity, authenticity, change, perception, process, beauty, and time. These are the great mysteries that an artist seeks to dissect, understand, experience, and somehow convey through his or her craft. When you experience the work of Kyle Steed, this is exactly what happens. A universal truth within you is dissected, understood, experienced, and somehow conveyed. Known for his public mural works, Kyle always finds a way to change the space, the air, and the atmosphere of everywhere his work has a chance to be offered to the world. Kyle joins us today in this episode of Let the Music Play podcast as we talk about what it means to be human, his story of finding his path thus far, and the hope for his work in our beautiful world. Hi, I'm Ashton Gustafsson, and welcome to Let the Music Play. This is the first face-to-face Let the Music Play podcast (laughs) episode ever. Uh, We are here with a new friend of mine, Kyle Steed, artist from Dallas. We're in the we're in the, the magic room right now, <laughs> where, where all the beauty happens. Uh, some may call it the war zone, but we're not going to lead with negative energy. This, is the, right. this is the beauty this zone. This is the non-violent this zone. This is the non-violent zone. So, um, thank you for carving time out. Oh, thank you for the, driving on here and spending the morning with me. You bet. You bet. So, uh, where do we begin with the essence, the story, the, the artist that is Kyle Steed? When... When you introduce yourself and your work in the world, where do you begin? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I've told this story so much uh, in the past few years, and just in a historical sense of who I am, where I came from growing up in North Alabama, spent a few years in Nashville. But you said something earlier about the non-linear. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a very linear person. I'm a very um, cognitive person. So okay. I think a lot in terms of like, how do I get from point A to B? Often, like, that's like my default mode. Hmm. So it's interesting to... An to artist be, that, that thinks in linear ways. Yeah. <laughs> to step back from myself a bit. And that's part of what therapy has really helped me realize is that growing more of a curiosity for myself Hmm. Um, there's many it's I've had to go through many different twists and turns to get to where I am today Hmm. I I spent four years in the Air Force really Uh, I spent three of those years overseas in Japan which that part of my story used to kind of be like uh, oh god you know I'm gonna talk about this again Mm mm-hmm and now it's been, this year is 10 years since uh, getting out, moving back to Texas. We literally, my wife and I had been married about a year and a half. We moved back with... You were in the Air Force at this time when you got married? Yep. I came home and got married. She moved back to Japan with me. She wasn't military at all. She was living at home, going to school. And so... I just knew, for me, that wasn't the end-all, be-all. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I I stood by, and I watched so many people that 
were staying in the military simply fear out of fear that they mm. didn't know what how else could they do it apart from this this system that is the a certainty place that, yeah there, well there yeah I think there is a more certainty than any other career field just because of the sheer nature of how our country is set up and they're mm. just going to keep pumping money into this system this defense system right here's the map right Follow the map. exactly and so if you if you are really good at taking orders and doing what people tell you and not really trying to achieve more for yourself then it's and that's a, that's a blanket statement but at a, at a kind of a core in its simplest form I kind of feel like that's that's how it's set up yeah and my brother told me the same thing before I went in. He said, if you can just, what did he say? If you can keep your nose clean and you can do what they tell you, he's like, you'll you'll be fine. You Speak when spoken to. <laughs> exactly. You won't have an issue. If you try and be the hero or you try and be the smart ass and, mm-hmm. and you know, make make up your own rules, then mm-hmm. you won't really go far. But, but there was something there for you that, that wasn't ringing to be true. No. The soul-sucking nature of, of, of the military, the void of anything beautiful, the buildings that are always beige or brown. Builder beige. That's it. That's <laughs> all there is. Or military green. Yeah, yeah. Very standard uniform, you know. I mean, you could almost build this thing out of Legos. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. <clears throat> but even Legos have more color <laughs> and fun. And... I'm very thankful for the experiences that the military gave me for traveling to Japan someplace <clears throat> before, I mean, back up even before I, I went to processing and signed my papers. That was never a part of my story growing mm-hmm. up. I I was the kid, I would lay on my trampoline in the summers in, in North Alabama and dream about a day that I would move to New York and I would be this architect and I always had it in me that the South was never Mm. my final resting place there was more to see more to do and uh, from an early age I've always loved drawing creating um, painting but for some reason architecture really grabbed hold of me and I think the things that I still hold on to, but that seemed to be put together the best in architecture was this uh, idea of having control Hmm. and putting things together, finding a way to use all this energy to create something like you have a very um, tangible product in the end. You've built this thing, this house, you've erected it out of the ground and, and it's standing. Right. And I, and I really liked that. And I think there's parts of what I do today, even now, that, that kind of ring true to that. Hmm. But um, So architecture, color, creativity was, was, these were your musings at a young age. Very, yeah, I think so. I, um, one summer my mom put me in this, it was like at the local community college, I think, for two, three weeks. And it was a summer course, these two architects, probably from some local firm. I'm fuzzy on some of the finer details, but yeah, and it was just for kids and you would come in and remember we would do field trips down to the historic district and mm-hmm. walk around and I think even taking pictures of some of the architectural structures and mm-hmm. columns and looking at this roof versus that roof and just kind of go 
having a, an awareness of right. what was around us right. and the right. beauty that right. that was there. Right. Uh, and then the very end, like the our thesis or our final project in that little class, uh, was to was to build a model. Hmm. So I built this very. <laughs> I'll never forget. I built this very modern. It was a white foam board like box gotcha. house, very modern. Right. Right. And the kid that I was so jealous of, he came in. And I'll be damned if he didn't have help or didn't. He wasn't friends <laughs> this with was an his architect. Mom's project. Yeah, yeah, because he had the grade, like the um, the levels all yeah. leading up, and yeah. then he had this porch coming off of his house and the yeah. pitched roof and everything. And I may be romanticizing it now. It may not have been that cool, but I remember comparing in that moment mine, like, oh. Mine's stupid. Yes. Mine's just this flat. Yes. White box. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. Like, yeah. I can't even compete with this right. kid. You right. know. Right. But it's not even that now. It's that it was two totally. Those houses would fit in two totally different <laughs> neighborhoods. Yeah. Apologize. Yeah, you're good. I had it on silent too. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just brought. They were two different essences of of the people creating them. Yeah. And one. And it's so funny I can say that now I can see it that one wasn't better than the other. They they just were complementing well, things in different ways. Yeah. yeah. Well what's crazy, my if 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 I have a childhood wound, mm-hmm. uh, which we all do. Oh, so yeah. let's just go ahead and just <laughs> state let's just go ahead and state what it is here. My attack on virtue, as Hewitt says in the book that's sitting right there. Yeah. Um happened in first grade over an art project. Mm. And I remember that I was six, seven years old, and and I I only knew the world of color, of mm. joy, of delight. But then there was a grading system in this one specific art project, and the teacher graded and basically lined them up in her eyes, best to worst. <laughs> and you know who ended up as worst. <laughs> and and that moment, it wasn't it about two years ago. It clicked with me. Oh my gosh, that's my defining moment. Mm. That I, this deep, deep desire to make something from nothing, to put something beautiful into the world, and the first really sense of vulnerability that ever happened in that, and someone goes, not good. Yeah, not good. Sorry. I was like, oh my gosh. And now, not to get off track, but Mm. I love how you... 20 years later or however many years later can go two different essences Mm -hmm. two different these are two different conversations yeah and yet i think i can see that more now yeah within the last year of being open to right wrong good bad in out that's how i grew up that's how i grew up yeah and now in the southeast and and within the confines of the baptist church and you're just that's how you're taught yeah you don't drink you don't have sex before marriage you there's all this black and white yeah and i grew up thinking that and for even into my 20s and my i'm 35 now so early you know turning early 30s and it's an easier way to see the world because because then you your own ego is satisfied and you're so certain of the things that you deem as right or that you deem as wrong and and as long as you surround yourself with people like that then you're gonna you're gonna for for all intents and purposes in your own little bubble you're gonna be just fine but when you open yourself up to the millions of 
grays that exist between black and white and then once you and i feel like you have to do that before then you can absorb start to start seeing and absorbing the color Mm. that exists Mm. but strictly in grayscale speaking i mean there is a vast array between those two and that's scary interesting because it's murky yeah it's not clear yeah you i've wrestled with ways that i was brought up and thinking is this is this okay Mm -hmm. am i gonna am I going to go to hell? <laughs> As if it's a destination. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, and I think the other thing that, that, that defined me for a long time in growing up in, in that culture and um, entitlement was um, was a hard thing to let go of. And, and in some ways, my experience through through getting out of the my family's support system and, and getting on my own in my, I mean, I joined, I was 20, I just turned 21. So I got out when I was 25. You got out of the military at 25. Yeah. Okay. Um, and a good amount of that was in Japan. Three of those years. Wow. Yeah. And just a beautiful just culture. A, phenomenal. Yeah. Their, 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 their language is yeah. I mean, amazing. I regret that I didn't learn more. I mm-hmm. learned probably the bare minimum, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, mm-hmm. enough to say omakase. hello. Omakase. Uh-huh. Omakase. Ka- kasiki. The, yeah. the, all the, the, the things on the menus. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't even know. Exactly. And and because you can go to a restaurant and they have these immaculate displays yeah. of everything on the menu and you can just kind of point mm-hmm. if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you don't want to learn. And that's kind of just the American ignorance too. Yeah. That's just kind of that uh, entitlement that they people should learn our language, right? Right. And, but also at the same time, I was I was dealing with that. I'm and you're forced to deal with the other side. That's like, oh yeah, this isn't all about me. Like mm. these people have a beautiful language and culture, completely separate from our own, mm-hmm. and they are thriving and they live right. within that. And right. That kind of outer experience and feeling that a glimpse of what that feels like to be an outsider and to be a foreigner yeah. uh, for the first time in my life was, I still, I think I carry those effects with wow. me. Um, I don't see how you couldn't. Um, Learning from another way. Mm-hmm. Finding the good, the true, the beautiful in another way. Yeah. yeah. Even through all the hardships and the being being so distant from everyone you called friend or family right even though you have you you build these relationships and you survive it's almost like going into survival mode right mm-hmm. you kind of look around you and you and you lock arms mm-hmm. with people that you share enough in common with right and then at least you can have some form of communication camaraderie yeah because we need that yeah but then to now 10 years later we just had a friend come and stay with us this last week who we met her and her husband over there she is the only person that i think we still keep in contact with well so that i mean you know it's there things are seasonal like we talked about earlier too that um change is part of the game it is and if we're not willing to accept that then it's Mm going to be hard Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my whole life has been about change. I uh, some sometimes change was imposed on me, and sometimes I I welcome the change. Mm. You know, uh, 
my parents divorcing when I was five was a change imposed upon my life, which I think I'm still working through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you think you settle some things in your life to only realize that for me, I've realized that they're just kind of buried well, just below the surface still. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uncovering parts of that are painful, but they're also really good and mm-hmm. help us to mm-hmm. move forward. Um, so you, you talk about change and maybe uncertainty and even risk. I think you can interchange all three of those words, change, uncertainty, mm-hmm. and risk. So you get out of the military and then what? <laughs> Walgreens happened. Walgreens. <laughs> For a week. Bloop. Yeah. Bloop. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you have a Walgreens I got card? the photo department. Oh, okay. Okay, yes. Which well, I was, Of course you did. Yeah. This little apartment we got, I could walk over there. And, and it was so cool. Like, I, I just want to... I wanted to give more kind of... Uh, clear picture to that because when we came home we didn't have anything we had no car no jobs no house we had ten thousand dollars in savings Mm. we had saved uh, my wife working for an entire year and just put all that in savings because we knew i mean we had that in the plans like when this is over when this season comes to an end like we're we are moving back now i just I mean, I, it's like they could offer me a million dollars and I wouldn't take it. It's well, just not, it's not worth it to me. Well, I knew that there was more. Well, So when we get back, uh, my wife actually ends up getting this job at a, at a cooking school for kids before I even have a job. I've probably got like two or three weeks off where I don't have to do anything. A cooking school for kids. Yeah. When okay. we bought our first car, the finance lady at the dealership connected those dots she's like oh i have a friend that does this because amanda my wife had been working at a at a youth center okay and um literally i think she went for one interview and got the job and so she started working almost right away which is awesome then you're at walgreens yeah so i go down to the walgreens (laughs) and get hired i'm there for it couldn't have been more than a week and then i took a job at half price books just down up the road Mm. and uh I had this epiphany moment working at half price where I'm stocking the shelves at the end after we've closed or I'm lining books up on the shelf, which is, I think was like probably as most as they could trust me at that point. I've only worked in there for a couple weeks. And I just remember thinking, okay, I just, I left all of this behind. Mm-hmm. And even as, as, as much of the soul crushing part of it that I knew wasn't for me, the, the certainties, the the steady paycheck, the, the benefits. Yeah. For what am I getting paid hourly now? And what is the uncertainty that, you know, this job brings? That's right. And even how does it play into the bigger picture that I want out of life? Yeah. And it didn't. And huh. I remember telling myself, this can't be it. Mm-hmm. This can't be all that, mm-hmm. I, that I come back to this life and do. And uh, thankfully we had we had a friend and and so she helped me she helped me get my foot in the door she helped me put a resume together for doing web design hmm. and before the end of the year in 2007 I had started this job at a, it was a smaller maybe 20 employees if okay. that little little IT company okay but they took a chance on me I uh, somehow some way uh, 
was able to get myself in there and mm-hmm. and then so it's funny I had real no prior experience to be honest and my friend totally kind of helped fudge the resume and just like <laughs> she's like gave me the talking points she said if they ask you these questions talk about if this, this then that. exactly and I'm like cool I can play that game I know mm-hmm. how to do that I had the creativity in me yeah. and maybe that's what they saw yeah but then I literally started uh, going to taking night classes at the community college right actually by where my work was so I would go to school at night is this in Dallas up in Irving Irving yeah so uh, I mean it was still de- was it Dallas Community College District yeah. or something so I would literally go take these intro to web design classes at night go to my job in the morning and I mean, it was like real life application yeah. of what I was just learning. Yeah. You know, um, so was, to me, I laugh about that now. Um, at the time, it was very real. It was a lot of pressure and stress on myself and anxiety that I, you know, like I'm going to be found out. Like they're yeah. going to know I'm a fake. I'm reading like, this at night. And then I would come home it. some days after a stressful day and be like, I know it. They're just like, I'm done tomorrow. Like they're going to call me in. To the wow. office and googling how tos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I did that. I mean, there was there were some websites back then that I would watch, you know, their screencast or how to mm-hmm. videos mm-hmm. and teaching yourself, you know, um, on the go in the job in the moment. There's so much of that that's yeah. still applicable to, to today. Yeah. Um, and that and talking about taking risk. I mean. It was a risk. Everything we do, every move is a risk, right? You getting in your car this morning and driving two hours is a risk. Um, Sometimes it feels like waking up is a risk. (laughs) Uh, But to take that job and to just put myself out there, uh, and I kept that job for about two and a half years, and it was great. I learned so much. Uh, They were a really wonderful company. They were... It was a really good place to feel like I was starting to get some ground underneath Mm me. Mm -hmm. And, man, I remember that day that before I actually started, and I went for, like, two interviews, and and then they called me and and congratulated me and told me I got the job. Mm. Just how much of a rush that felt. Like, (laughs) you know, it's it's, it's weird to say, yeah. Yeah. And to celebrate that with my wife and and then within six months or by the end of the first year they were already giving me a raise and but so yeah it just felt very good like I felt like I fit well within that and was learning a lot and um we kind of it transitioned from that job to really by the end of that job was just kind of done I felt burnt out and not that I'd overstayed my welcome but just feel like I was ready to take the next step right and and being a little naive and, and still like in my 20s I thought oh I'm gonna go I can go do this thing on my own now like mm-hmm. I want to try that but thankfully I had some friends at a different company who reached out before I could fully commit to making that mm-hmm. jump into freelancing and got me in for an interview at this really uh, cool company we they built church software um, which I think has since changed names or something but at that time, it was right before they had gotten acquired, and it was an awesome team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, I mean, one of the best teams I've probably worked on 
of just top quality people. Right. right. And uh, so I spent about a year and a half there. <clears throat> and at the end of that is when I knew. It's like, okay, <clears throat> I've done that. And I had already started building up stuff on the side. And all this pre-kids was so crazy to think yeah. now. Right. How it seems so backwards right. a little bit to right. have had some... some uh, and maybe it wouldn't have worked otherwise, but to have brought a family, well, to have brought children into the picture. Oh my goodness. Very good. Um, you can take it if you need to. We can edit it out. Okay, let me just uh, tell her that we're talking. Sorry. First one was a buddy. This one was was <laughs> was my lady. You know what's funny? You put your phone on silent, but if people I think are in your favorites, then, you're, then it goes through. It goes through. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're basically saying backwards. Yeah. You. To yeah to have kids on a on the uncertainties mm-hmm. of freelance life, mm-hmm. the ups and downs, mm-hmm. the waves, mm-hmm. uh, seasons. And so you were just building. You you had stepped more and more into creativity and you were building what a, a, a uh, ideas Did, I mean what, what what was it that you were doing on the I was side? building less of a future in web design and more focusing illustrating drawing I had no idea I would be where I am today doing mm. bigger public art I mean installation murals things 20 30 feet tall on the side right and so so that was never in my business plan when i right (laughs) i don't even have a business plan and so i think people may need to get a little bit of grasp of of your work this isn't uh you 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 do small scale things but you've you're you're known mostly i would say for very large public displays Mm -hmm. um and forgive my ignorance of the the right language you did it that's great um, that are super creative, full of metaphor, bold colors sometimes, mm-hmm. big bold colors. What when when did that begin? Like how did how did the first person go? Hey, we have a wall, and that wall needs some paint on it, and you can just put whatever you want on there. I think the first thing I ever drew on a surface because this wasn't a wall it was on a mirror was uh, over here at Bishop Arts uh, Eno's I'd somehow come to know the owners and convinced them to let me do a trade with them my wife was just about to graduate with her undergrad from hmm. TWU and so we agreed to have a like, private upstairs kind of party for her and trade and I did this I mean it was probably 10 12 feet long mirror upstairs and behind their bar it's still up there it's very embarrassing for me now <laughs> I still go back and see the, it the first work yeah the early work the early works right. of Gal Steve that won't make it in a history book <laughs> and that was that was kind of it and I was so that first yes Right, that it's first huge. yes. It was huge, and it was also nerve-wracking. And 
I questioned if I even had the ability to do it, if I could, if it was even going to be good, if they, if they thought it was going to be good. Mm-hmm. And I did it. And then the next thing happened is the same owners opened another restaurant in the West Village, uh, Union Bear, which is closed now, sadly. And kind of the same opportunity. Uh, we didn't trade for it, but they said, hey, we're building this space out. Would you want to come look at it and think about maybe doing something? And I did. And that felt really good. Mm. And that was all black and white work. But it was it was creative freedom. Yeah. Is what yeah. it was. Yeah. And yeah. you can't pass that up. Yeah. Blank canvas. Right. You they just said you come up with something, show it to us. You know, like basically mm-hmm. just like testing me. Like what mm-hmm. do you got? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. go for it. And I love that because I love a challenge. I I do love the risk. Mm-hmm. I love that certain element of uncertainty and mm-hmm. and kind of challenging yourself too. Because I remember making drawings for that and spending a couple days going back and forth with it and then I just remember I was like this isn't it and I mm-hmm. just redid it real quick mm-hmm. and I knew mm-hmm. that that's what it should be and so having that building that personal confidence on yeah. the side and behind the scenes during those years of of uh, web design that 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 unseen work yeah that people I mean that's have, what's that, on those shelves yeah like, that's what I have like that, 10 yeah. years of 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 doodling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's the proof is there. So, like. so the overnight success myth is an overnight success myth. We're looking at, yeah. I see 12 years of just right. journals stacked right. in there. And so, so initial yes leads to another yes. Leads to, and I think those both, those initial yeses just, I mean, I didn't get paid for any, any of those two things. They, uh, it's funny now because I'm such an advocate that I believe if you're going to do something, you should be paid to do it. Yet, both and, right? Not either or, because... Yeah, there the is this then, element of open mic night. Right. You need to come up and sing a song for us. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to be willing to prove yourself, yeah. not only to others, but to yourself, that this feels right. Mm-hmm. And and there's just phases and different points on the map where we all are and at that time I was just starting I was just beginning to unfold a Mm -hmm. whole new Mm -hmm. territory Mm -hmm. and I couldn't walk in there demanding Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what what I charge now like that just they would have laughed (laughs) never in a million years would it have happened and so I wouldn't have gained the experience so for me then the experience was way more valuable than than what the check they would have written was and I Which think for that's, creatives, that's a necessary lesson to learn. Absolutely. Yeah, because without that, you... I don't know. I don't know any other way to say it. I mean, if, if I didn't have that experience under my belt and taking so many opportunities, sometimes next to nothing, you know, and sometimes the clients are really awesome yeah. and, and paid what I asked. A lot of times there's there's that gray area in the middle you have to figure it out you have to find what are you willing to do something for that also works mm-hmm. within their budget but has have the early yeses been baby steps to now more no's than yeses for you personally not necessarily the the people that are asking you to do work right but now are are you able 
because how many years in are you now? Five, six, five, doing this? Five, six years, yeah. Are, are you now able to ask more questions of, if I say yes to this, is there going to be joy? Will, you know, or do you, do you eventually get freedom to say, I'm going to do work like this, and I'm going to say yes to these things, and if it doesn't fit within, call it, the cliche, my core values, the yeah. way I see the world, whatever that is, <laughs> yeah. are you now seeing that now it's a tug of war between your yeses and no's? Because yeah. I do think in the early get-go of, of whatever yes. our art is, it's all yes. Mm-hmm. And Let me then, do as much as I can. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I feel, yeah, it's, there is that balance there. And I do find myself, and it's so hard to learn to say no. It's so easy to say yes. It's yes incredibly... will make your life. No will save your life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, that's, I still learn that lesson. Yeah. yeah. Daily, weekly, yearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am very fortunate at a, at a point now where I can, I can take a look, I can ask questions up front yeah. and feel confident if I say no, then I'm not missing anything. Yeah. You, you can you can walk away from that with without a sense of regret or what if. Yep, exactly. You know you there you have a center of gravity. Without FOMO, like literally early on, like <laughs> FOMO runs your life. You're yeah. just like you Yeah, I you gotta take it. You don't wanna be out of the loop. You yeah. wanna make sure. And where does that come from? Is it are you just trying to appease yourself? Are you trying to please other people? Are you what are you you know mm-hmm. a lot of the why questions didn't really pop up earlier on because I was just like, what and when and yeah, how exactly and, and now where. it's returned yeah I think the questions become increasingly more about why and and that kind of leads into art the creation of it itself yeah. why are we yeah. making these things why am I making these things why do I choose these colors over those colors why do I choose to work with these people and mm-hmm. and not these people mm-hmm. um and it's, it's fantastic that so much of even my commercial work tends to have a lot of my personality mm-hmm. within it, that it's not really so rigid and defined by their, their set of rules and, yeah. and putting something over it. I mean, giving, I've been given more creative freedom, I think, in the last year or two to, in the work that I do commercially. That's, it almost feels like personal work. For, for you to truly show up in the pain yeah. and the stroke. Yeah. But there, I still do have that. That there's that like divide between left brain and right brain when I'm. What do they want? <laughs> what What do they need? Yeah, and that's like the dichotomy. What am I trying to say? What needs to be said here? Yeah, the what? paradox of like, am I am I acting as a designer or is am I acting as an artist? Yeah. And I always feel like designing is solving problems and making art is asking questions. Mm-hmm. And where do those two worlds meet? Mm-hmm. And what is... And it, it, I think a clear example of this project I was working on this summer, I made these drawings. They were a little challenging, I think, in the sense that it dealt... Not intentionally, but I think it brought up sensations of, of race and color mm-hmm. and... But it really just was a, meant to provoke thought. Mm-hmm. And what I found, because that piece got challenged, 
was that not everybody wants that. Mm. Sometimes all people want out of art is decoration. Uh, and and so that's a real rub for me right now because... You're saying art is a question. Absolutely. Art is a question. Absolutely. And whether we're asking our own questions, I think we are. As an artist, we're, we're, that's imprinted. Mm-hmm. But then it should be open-ended enough through the title, through how you talk about it, through your medium, that everyone that looks at it, that engages with it, is, is free to explore it. And if you need to explain every inch of it, yeah. then maybe you haven't asked the right question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or it's dumbing it down. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's like giving away the end of the movie. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, it's there. It's such a um, unique line to walk between commercial and and I don't, what's the other side of that personal. Uh, yeah, and to know that it, that if if every piece was for everybody, that wouldn't be art. Right. Like I, I think the artist has a really unique stance to approach his work knowing this won't be for everybody yeah which is why i wish i could have a conversation with uh, thomas kincaid because as much as i despite like it just makes me roll my eyes the painter of light yeah there is a specific niche mm-hmm. there's a, there's something there's whether it's nostalgic mm-hmm. or it's some idea that resonates within people when they look at his paintings, um, mass-produced as they are. Mm-hmm. That, uh, and he's just one example. I know there's a thousand others, mm-hmm. but um, like, what point did you? Did he ever feel like he was sacrificing anything mm-hmm. just to to make a dollar? Know the formula. Was, he knows. Yeah. He knows the formula. Did he, did, yeah. Did he just find it and just had that one niche and just? Itched it verse, chorus, way. verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, we're out. <laughs> yeah. 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 And me, I'm always, I always feel like I'm trying to reinvent. I'm never, I don't, it's hard for me to be fully satisfied when, yeah. when I'm done. There's a point of completion where I learn, where I'm learning to accept this is done, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use the word good intentionally because. Finished. Comma good like period it's it's kind of is it a period is it a comma mm-hmm. are we are good we... it's finished and what's next that's right and sometimes i ask and what could i have done better how yeah. could i improve this next time and and so then that then that gets into the you know the you get praise from other people you get written up in magazines you talk on podcasts yeah <laughs> and 140 something thousand instagram followers right. and i just i can't like for me i i enjoy in some sense being being a public figure being having press i mean yeah that feels good but at the same time i, I feel like that can't be there is a deeper internal thing driving this than just doing it for the applause or doing it for the notoriety Um, and sometimes that's that's tough to handle sometimes and like what to do about that right and um, 
when that itself is a formula that works. Yeah. More press. Yeah. Yeah. More likes, more retweets. Because I would rather push the envelope and try and reinvent myself mm-hmm. and do something completely different that people would be like, somebody would be like, why is he doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what he does. Like, why so would he just do what he always does? So it, it, it seems to me that you... <clears throat> you've written before on this idea of like the soul awakening this this constant waking up this process of change and becoming are you seeing that your work in the world is congruent with your internal waking up as well like you're mm-hmm. oh I'm I'm also this yeah. I'm also this. Yeah, like the I, idea, I like one di- people love one-dimensional people, <laughs> and a guy that shows up that's two, three-dimensional, it's like, whoa, 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 I don't know about that. Uh-huh. You know? Um, I think so, because I think about one of the biggest, the first large pieces I did was this quote from uh, JFK, interchange the word city, or interchange the word country for city, and... I must have made that, is it 13 or 14? So three, four years ago. But it was just all textual. Mm -hmm. So there's really no thought. It was very Mm one-dimensional, black letters on a white wall. Do I think about now the the thing that I'm painting is so, it's four colors. Mm. There's no words. It's all shapes, very organic, but very complex and divided and angular and soft and it totally fits with where I am right now like it totally explains how then I was so black and white even in in a lot of ways to now where it feels sometimes confusing almost Mm -hmm. to to the point where I'm like what do I believe like what uh just more depth I think Mm -hmm. more there's something more interesting to look Mm -hmm. at the the idea that if if reality is if the universe itself is endless and still expanding yeah and if i would say that we we should we have we have a, we have expanding. a faith and a belief we, we we have a faith in the world believing in a triune god that someone once said is love mm-hmm. and it's expanding mm-hmm. then that would also be the truest thing of of you and i right and to enter that flow of expansion is always mysterious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah, one of my great mentors <clears throat> told me once, I was driving on the interstate, and I was in a real fog, and just felt like down and confused and frustrated. And it was so simple, but it was really beautiful. And it, he's like, you know, God doesn't hide things. From us, he hides things for us uh, to good. seek out. That's good, and and that always stuck with me. Even to where I am now, I see how true that is. That within the mystery, because I've always I remember having these these pictures. I mean, part of my story that I don't talk about a lot within Japan was one of the lowest, hardest times of my life, uh, and it involved a girl. But there is there are some deeper things at work there, and I think there is some deeper trust issues, mm-hmm. and 
not trusting, not really knowing the love of God for certain. Mm-hmm. And it really got summed up on one night where I was just really at a breaking point, questioning my existence, just lower than the, the low. Mm-hmm. And I was in this house that, that me and this girl were supposed to share, and she walked out. And I came back, and I sat down, and, and I remember going, and I just sat. And, and that word that, I will never leave you or forsake you, mm-hmm. was just whispered to me. Mm-hmm you know like chills like right now (laughs) and I can remember having this this like closing my like this vision almost of being covered so tightly like Mm -hmm. with within hands Mm -hmm. that it seems so dark Mm -hmm. but yet the darkness is only because it's like the the hands are closed over each other so Mm -hmm. tightly and so carefully like you when you find something in the dirt yeah when you take your when I take my girl out and I, we've been to the beach before and you find a shell and it's so precious and you want to show them and you hold it so carefully in your yeah. hands like that's what that felt like to me and the, the, uh, the truest thing of reality in that moment you felt was was just love whatever acceptance and presence mm-hmm. so much of what I think about now is being present mm-hmm. but yet yeah. our presence our being present is his, is his presence yeah the eye through which I see God is the eye through which God sees me. Yeah, exactly. And I think about I didn't now say that, that, by the way. Oh, I guess that was someone else. <laughs> Side note. Meister Eckhart, <laughs> German theologian. Yeah. And I think about now when I'm practicing, and I'm not, I'm not the best at this. I try, maybe, I'm trying to do it every day. It doesn't happen contemplative, just sitting. But I'm reminded as I breathe, and you feel that contraction in your chest when you take a deep breath in. Yeah. And I love thinking about how that is as close as the presence of God is to yeah. us. That that, Near con- our breath. that contracting feeling. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's been so cool is learning that even, you know, um, the Jewish culture that they didn't they didn't really have this idea of Maybe it's not that they had this idea of God, but the idea of breath, of breathing Yahweh. in and out was, yeah, was the breath. The sound of breath. Mm-hmm. Was God. Yeah. And that's really been wrecking my world recently. I love that idea. Yeah. And I love, I love thinking on that, and I love just, it helps me, it helps me slow down in the midst of when, um, I have my girls every Friday. Mm-hmm. And two and, well, almost two, almost four. And you know how that goes, and sometimes it's just a complete meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and it couldn't even—it could be over something silly, or it, it could just be one of them. But that helps. Yeah. Like, and in my work, when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm—I'm I'm feeling when I'm judging myself too hard, or or something, or I'm worried about a project, it, that helps. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you have found it to be true? that the the degree to which you find enchantment within, discovery within, beauty within, love within, light within, use whatever metaphor you need to, that that posture within you you, you learn to see within the world. Like the, the, the degree to which you sit in those moments of contemplation mm-hmm. where there's nothing to prove, where there's nothing to earn, where there just is, that you then find the world 
the external world to be a lot more electric. And you're on look for the hidden things, the unseen, that maybe sometimes on my go- on my good days, yes. On your good days, right? That's the work, right? I mean, maybe that's the work. Because I can't go out. I, you can't polish it and make it seem like this euphoric. Two steps forward, two steps back. Yeah, it is. It's like that, and even as something as simple as driving in the car will challenge you in that way. To it'll make your ego flare up your anger come out and you just have to sometimes I, I physically have to laugh other times I'm like physically having to call like you know like exaggerated like big breath or just yeah it the paradox it does though it does sometimes I'm sometimes I'm in the flow and sometimes I'm not yeah and those moments in the flow are so sweet yeah special and I mean I think that's where we're always well the the obvious is where can we go right where can we go from from his presence where can we go from the flow the flow is never not there exactly we so, just may be asked yeah we may be choosing not to and, experience it around us yeah and like i had this experience the other week in the car i was going up it was on the way to my uh therapy session but this is going to sound so silly but the sound of I have I like to drive without music a lot of times, mm-hmm. so it's just the silence. But I turned my blinker on to get over, and the sound of my blinker, and then I was I was noticing. I was trying to write about this the other day, and I it's sometimes our language is so limited, but noticing the way shadows, every shadow kind of blends out at the edges. Mm-hmm. There's really hard to find a hard edge to anything in yeah. life yeah and so i've been thinking on that a lot and interesting even the outlines yeah of you sitting there it blurs against the backdrop of of the wall you know but but that's the black and white thinking is that everything is so hard edged mm-hmm. and so definitive mm-hmm. from 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 this to the next but i think the truer essence of of our world is that it it's, all kind of blends. It's one. Yeah. And I, I know next to nothing about science, <laughs> but learning more about the molecular level and oh, how yeah. much everything is, we are all interconnected. In relationship. Exactly. Everything is in relationship. Yeah. But the physical itself is just a certain connection of relationship. Yeah. I think that um, Rob Bell book, What We Talk About When We Talk About yeah. God, was one yeah. of those eye-opening yes, it was. introductions to that like micro yeah. level what's yeah. happening like this table it's yeah. not a table that's right <laughs> that just, there are things coming and going within there yeah and that tripped me out and and so but it's really cool to see um, it kind of seems like that keeps popping up in mm-hmm. conversations both small and large mm-hmm. yeah yeah which leads to the question so what on earth are we doing here right I mean is it, is it just uh, I mean I, I, I'm afraid to answer that but I, I, maybe there's multiple answers. I, I think that to behold beauty is one of the pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you say to, it without to, without sounding cliche or, or what's been yeah love what's been said right. so it, many it loves times the answer, before? You know, I mean, but and and yet we can't find any other way to 
You, it's like you, you can't hold the mystery. You can just dance with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so, so this work, yeah, this, yeah. this, this work that you do, um, it's, it's taking you on this journey. What, what would you say, and, and can you say your, your hope for it is like when you sign it, right? Whether it's <laughs> yeah. at a basketball court, I've seen this side mm-hmm. of a building, you're doing TXU, you know, yeah. right now you've got all these huge projects. When you sign your name and you walk away and you're just hearing the blinker on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What's the... One of my things I love to think about most within the aspects of, of public art and larger format work is a pause, a, mm. a simple... Well, say it like this. We, we are such a head down kind of culture. We are obsessed with the, with the mini yeah. micro computer yeah. in our hands. Yeah. So we are constantly, our head is, is tilted at a 45 degree angle down most, most days, mm-hmm. even in the car, which is super scary. And the new iPhone has facial recognition, <laughs> which is... So we're all selfieing to unlock our phones. Exactly. <laughs> Just, wow. It's, it's pretty <clears throat> frightening. If you think about that for too long, and one of my greatest hopes is to cause people to re- reverse that, to mm. undo that pattern. Wake up, because it's a learned it's a learned pattern. We've been trained to do that now, yeah. And to, yeah, to wake up, to sit, to put that away, to put it, to click the side button, make your screen go black, yeah. and and just observe something mm-hmm. outside of yourself but that could maybe speak to you and that's what I hope some of what I of what I do leaves behind is a is a question mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe there's an ounce maybe there's something of, of hopefulness in that mm-hmm. but there are uh, there are enough ways that we are spoken to that are outside of our control billboards um, the cars we drive the living in a city like this that's so um, your inbox yeah your, your inbox stream. yeah what Every... restaurant are you going to go to what cool coffee shop is there next yep. you know like where is it happening like where should I be and instead of just finding yourself where you are and maybe you happen upon yep. this piece or you you purposefully drove there um, that's kind of the hope that I have for work I'm making now mm-hmm. in the future that's good to find that ecstasy in the in the mundane, in the every, mm-hmm. it can't be somewhere else. It it has to be right here, yeah, and now and among us. Yeah. So I ask everybody what what advice they would give to their younger self. <laughs> and some would say that we're still young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thirty. But there are things in your twenties that you think are significant. Oh, man. And I, in your 30s, and I'm, I'm wondering when we're in our 40s, what will we, what, what we be 30s? saying about here? Yeah. Um, I guess one of the, the... And you can't really tell this to somebody without them having to go through it and learn it, but I guess it doesn't help to have someone speaking truth to you and uh, 
that kind of maybe helps you get there faster. Mm-hmm. Just like don't wait. Like why are you, why are you sitting around and waiting for something to happen? Mm. Just, just say yes. Be, say yes. Be, be willing to fail. Don't be afraid of mistakes. I'm a one. Okay. So my biggest drive oh, is perfection. Interesting. My my internal the need critic to be is, perfect is always ticking. Yeah. Um, always calling me out. And uh, need for order and you know things just yeah mm. things to be right and perfect mm. and but the more that I feel like as, as I grow to understand that more and more I I find it's it's much healthier when I can accept that perfection is a myth mm-hmm. first and foremost That's at right. least what we can make what right. we can strive for is perfect so accepting as things as they are and moving forward in that like that's why I love using the word good and knowing uh, I think it was from a Robcast episode and he had interviewed this um, good's better than perfect something like that is that it? Maybe. he has the uh, rabbi on his buddy mm-hmm. and yeah. he talks about where we get the ideas of perfect and good from and yeah. Hebrews gave us the word tov yeah. for good yeah. and the yeah. Greeks gave us the idea of, of perfection yeah and it's just like, oh my God, yes, mm-hmm. that is so good. And mm-hmm. that's what. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so me, I have a, I have a group of guys. We just met. I was late this morning, but we meet every morning, every Thursday, at six. And uh, it is funny. We we make little jokes like that. But I think when we all, we still make the 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 so good joke. <laughs> but uh, that's that's good is the enemy of perfect. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very and much perfect so. is a misnomer, yeah. to which none of us can attain. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the beginning, it was good, and yeah, it still and is. It still is. <laughs> that still is. that song's never stopped. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the inherent goodness of of the world, which seems pretty hard to to hold on to mm-hmm. today, but it's there is a truth and. I feel like that's one of the big ones. I, I was driving yesterday to my office and I wake up to the earthquake yeah. in Mexico. Mm-hmm. We've had two hurricanes. Another one had just hit Puerto Rico. There was a young man in our city that passed away playing football. Mm. And I said this in on my way to get a cup of coffee to the office. I was just playing that in my head. Mm-hmm. And I just go... And yet, it's okay. It's good. It's here. It's now. It's for us. It's with us. It's ahead of us. That it's good. Mm-hmm. And that's our work every day to get to that mm-hmm. aha. It's like that is an aha every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet, there's still so many ways to. Well, the TV is never so going to tell you that. Well, no, no, not on the newspaper. is never going to yeah. tell you that. Yeah. If it bleeds, and I think that's reads. why I like this break this week from from social media is such a good practice of being present. You have 140 something thousand followers, and you've taken Instagram off your phone this week. Yeah, I just deleted it. It felt great. <laughs> it was good. It felt delete. so good. <laughs> delete. And I still have those the muscle memory when you like it was the. I don't use Facebook. I haven't in a few years. But when I first 
deleted my account. It was literally open the laptop, open the browser, and type Facebook. Like F A C E, it finishes, enter, and you're there. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's so I I'm always interested to like what kind of like how can you break that up in your life? Like how can you purposefully disrupt that yeah. that that learned behavior? And yeah. why do we why do we choose to accept that? Right. Like we've all just bought into the idea that this is the way that it works now, so we should all have an account. We should all 10 be... million songs in your pocket. Yeah. Five thousand friends. Yeah. And if we're not if we're not getting more, then we're losing. And that to me is so sad. Like, why can't we just be okay with having like let's have fewer. Like let's do let's do more with less. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And find it all in your breath. Yeah. Which can be kind of and it sounds to me it almost sounds like cheesy to say it but it is there's just like that help that's yeah. I, I find that to be so true yeah it feels better mm-hmm. yeah man Kyle Steed joining the let the music play <laughs> podcast we're gonna have to do 2.0 one day I think we're just scratching the surface brilliant <laughs> I love it well um, thank you thanks for joining us Hey, if you get back on your Instagram account ever, which I think you will, how, how can people follow you and what you're doing? Yeah, it's my name. Kyle, Kyle Steed. Kyle Steed. At Kyle Steed. Same on Twitter? Same on same on there. Same on KyleSteed.com. That's it. Awesome. Well, um, grace and peace to you. Thank and, you, sir. Uh, you too. Thanks for, thanks for carving some time out for us. I think I think we have another village elder joining us with Kyle <laughs> Steed at the podcast. Till next time. Hey guys, make sure you go and check out Kyle's work. You can find him at kylesteed.com. You can also find him on Twitter and Instagram at kylesteed. And as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebirds sing, and be loved. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Our goal at Let the Music Play podcast is to bring as much insight and inspiration to the world that we can. And by leaving a review, you will help us in doing our little part in making the world tune up to a great, big, and lovely song.